One of the few divine sensations in life, at least in my experience, is the aroma of freshly baked bread. It's comforting. It's, it's almost heavenly. And it makes me feel a little bit at home. And so it should. My mother baked bread for our family all her life. The aroma would escape the house and it met you as you came home from school or from chores or from the fields. There is, I believe, a primal hunger, a craving in all of us. And the aroma of freshly baked bread awakens not only that hunger, but a host of feelings and memories that are embedded in our bodily and spiritual selves. The hunger for, and indeed the eating that is associated with bread, nearly always is associated with other people. We have an expression, let's get together and break some bread. And in saying that, we admit that bread and association with others is mysteriously and wonderfully joined together. So no wonder the word communion is so loaded with the weight of mystery and the experience of life itself. In fact, the foundation of sacrament is the meeting of divine presence and human experience. The hunger for bread also carries another meaning. It speaks of the true physical hunger for millions of people in our world who live on the edge of starvation. It was this craving for food that gave rise to the grumbling of the Israelites in the desert as they struggled on their journey out of Egypt. It was their cry and their longing that moved God to reveal God's self as a God who cares, a God who feeds. Our God is a God who feeds us. Generations later, Jesus announces himself as the food of God. He literally spent his life setting a table for us. Think of that image. Jesus spent his life setting a table for us. And on that table, he placed parables, those stories that would feed us because we cannot live on bread alone. On that table, he placed examples of the equality and dignity of each person. On that table, he placed offerings of unconditional compassion and mercy. Sometimes, all that was hard for his listeners and his own disciples to swallow, and perhaps for us too. But that was the banquet he set before them and sets before us. That is the food he gives us so our craving for love and life might be satisfied and we would never be hungry or thirsty again. Our Eucharistic theology tells us that the Eucharist is gift. We do not purchase it. We do not attain it by some human endeavor. In a sense, we do not rightly deserve it. It is 
pure gift. But Eucharist is not about what we deserve, as though we have failed to measure up to God's expectations. It is the self-emptying of a God who desires to feed us, a God who cares. It is a gift that changes our lives. By coming to the Lord's table, we eat our way through life in preparation for the heavenly banquet, making ourselves ever more like the host of the table to truly become what we eat. St. Augustine's words come to mind when he said, to eat the body of Christ is to become the body of Christ. This same Eucharistic theology and our Eucharistic experience that we have for so long taken for granted are faced with an unusual and difficult disconnect in these days. Eucharist is, after all, about getting together around the table of the Lord, the communal table that welcomes all of us physically and spiritually. These two aspects are so intertwined that when one is missing, we feel deprived, not only of the bread of life and the cup of salvation, but of the very fundamental bond that bodily presence makes so real and so nourishing. We might well feel like the Israelites who cried out, how long, O God, how long are we to endure this hardship? But we know that our communion in faith is very strong. We have built upon it with so many Eucharists over time that now we need to retrieve those memories, to reach into those sources of grace and comfort, knowing that God has not left us alone, nor have the rest of God's people forgotten us in our respective journeys. One of the guidelines that we were given for liturgies when we are able to gather, is that we should receive communion on the hand. I am continually intrigued by the hands that are offered for the body of Christ. They are of all ages. They are marked with the lines and wrinkles, the calluses that speak of life's labors, that have held another in love, hands that have touched a child's bruise and made the hurt go away, hands that have imparted healing, that have clasped another in sympathy, hands that have offered tender gestures of affection, hands that have spoken in all manner of ways when words were neither available or sufficient. Look at those hands. Look at your hands on your tables today. They are part of the mystery of Eucharist. Written within their folds are the joys and challenges, the care and the nurturing 
of a few years or of many years. They have and continue to be the vessels that hold and exchange the very presence of God with you and with whomever those hands have held. When Jesus tells us that his flesh is real food and his blood is real drink, and when we eat at the table of that remarkable mystery, as profoundly spiritual as that is, we cannot do so without the bodily engagement of our hands. Recall, he said, take and eat. Take and drink. Take means we reach for, we grasp, we receive. Hands are an extension of the very sacrament that we consume. So just as the aroma of baked bread escapes the oven to soothe our hunger, so too does the bread of life find a home in the heart of those who hunger for love and who desire in all ways to live in love.